0: Let's talk the Voice Arts Awards, and that's VoiceOver. You're a voice actor. You're an entrepreneur. You're a VOpreneur. Welcome to the Everyday VOpreneur Podcast, your guide through the business of voiceover.
1: You have a great website, right? Well, make sure you host it at some place that doesn't suck. Hey, it's Brad
0: Newman, fellow VO Pro for 28 years and owner of upperlevelhosting.com. People ask why us, and that's simple. We make it easy, respect your time, save you money, and just make all the magic happen. You don't need to know all the tech stuff when it comes to hosting your website. We got you. Ask around tens of thousands of client interactions later and six years of amazing customer service and not a single negative complaint ever. UpperLevelHosting.com. The VOPreneur Podcast. Hey, it doesn't suck. Not as funny as Conan. Not as cute as Seth Myers. Not as smart as Colbert but he's one of us and that counts for something here's Mark Scott the original everyday VOpreneur hello and welcome to the everyday VOpreneur podcast your guide through the business of voiceover i'm Mark Scott the original everyday VOpreneur as always ready to drop some actionable practical advice that you can use to move your voiceover business forward are you enjoying the podcast are you enjoying all of the information that gets shared can i ask you to do me one quick favor Would you leave a five-star review for the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you are listening? It will help other people to be able to find the podcast so that they can learn and they can grow their voice over business as well. So one of the things that many of us missed over the course of the pandemic was in-person conferences. And a couple of the big ones did return to in-person events in 2022, which was very exciting. But one of the biggest ones that people get excited about is coming up in December. And that is, that's voiceover, along with the Voice Arts Awards. And if there's anything that you've ever wanted to know about either one of those, I think we'll get your questions answered here. What we do as voice actors is special. It makes an impact in big ways and small ways. The characters of your childhood all have a voice. The biggest, most respected companies in the world need us to tell their stories. And the local shop around the corner may entrust you to be the first voice their customer hears when they call the store. Shining a light on what we do as an industry is the Society of Voice Arts and Sciences and here to tell us more about Sovis is the president and CEO. He's an Emmy award-winning producer who has directed for PBS, produced for ABC News and been a VP with Court TV. Welcome to the show, Rudy Gaskins.
1: Hey, hey, glad to be here. Thank
0: you. I'm really looking forward to getting into this with you, Rudy, and and talking about all the different things that you
1: are a part of, because I know Sovis is doing a lot of different things. I'm excited to do it with you, Mark. There's there's so much going on, and I'm always happy to talk about the the various projects that we're engaging in. There's always so much stuff. It's like swimming in a soup of possibility. Well, I was surprised when I was doing some
0: research for this to, to realize that the Voice Arts Awards have actually been around longer than I realized. So started in 2014. What was the initial deciding factor to start an awards show when it seems like everybody else is, you know, starting a casting site or starting a coaching <laughs> company or something like that? Why, why an awards
1: show? It, it was really uh, organic. We had been doing That's Voice Over Career Expo and finding all sorts of extraordinary uh, voice actors, casting directors, talent agents, and, and buyers, you know, advertisers. Uh, to be a part of the educational and networking experience at That's VoiceOver, and in doing that you start to realize uh, as you meet these people and talk to them at length just how extraordinary many of them are, how talented these voice actors are, how deeply skilled voice acting is as a craft, And, uh, and it hit us. No one's really celebrating that aspect of it. Voice actors work and invest as much as traditional actors in many cases, and yet nobody is really Taken a comprehensive approach to recognizing their work. So that, that was the, uh, the impetus for creating an awards platform. But at the same time, we thought to ourselves, let's make it stick. Let's do something that's, that's important, that's relevant, that, uh, you know, an award that folks can hand down to their kids. And so we went to the same company that created the, the Oscars and the Emmys. And said, we want to design an award. We have some ideas. We want to sit down with your in-house designer and, and work them through. And we did that uh, for several months until we came up with, with what we felt was a meaningful symbol for voice actors. And that's connecting the microphone and the uh, music stand or copy stand. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this case, in, as, a, as a form in the form of a teardrop. Yeah. And uh, it's a beautiful piece of hardware uh, made out of zinc and then uh, coated in gold, a lasting piece, weighs about three pounds. <laughs> and uh, we're, re- we're really proud of it. And we've, we've noticed that those people who enter the awards contest and who become nominees and those who win have given us feedback to let us know that it means a lot. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's two things that I think really stand out to me. First and foremost was just your recognition that there was so little recognition for voice actors. I mean, we're that voice behind, right? We we aren't <laughs> on screen, yeah. so we don't get seen. And so, I mean, first and foremost, shining the light. But then secondly, I guess if you're going to do something, you do something right, I guess, right? And so knowing yeah, that that's where you've gone, you know, to the same people that designed the trophy for the Oscar and the Emmy, that's actually... A really interesting story that I was not aware of the origins of the of the trophy, but it is. You're right. It's a it's a beautiful trophy, and now I certainly understand why hearing the story behind it. Yes. So I've I've been surprised, honestly, at the amount of pushback that seems to come every year when it's time for nominations to be accepted or when voice actors start promoting the fact that they've been nominated, and there there does seem to be still some negativity in the community and and folks who just don't get it or don't seem to appreciate it. What do you have to say to those folks who just don't seem to be supportive of the award
1: show? Is there anything you you can say that might change their mind? Well, you know, some folks say things about the awards that are just uh, untrue for those folks. I wish they'd call me Mm -hmm. and talk to me about it (laughs) and I'd be happy to share my, my thoughts and, uh, our philosophy around it and why we believe in it in general, though, I don't see a great deal of that. I used to in the beginning when we first started, but I'm not looking for that kind of feedback. I mean, I'm not searching the internet or any of the Facebook groups for that. So occasionally something comes through the grapevine from someone else. Hey, did you notice this? And I really just don't pay much attention to it. Uh, It's, it's like worrying about uh, the air. When you're when you're walking down the street, uh, it's just there. And you're just breathing and moving forward. You got places to go. Uh, you can't just get absorbed in uh, in thinking about things that aren't really impacting you. I've always been surprised by it because I
0: don't understand personally. I mean, I'm a pretty optimistic guy. I try to be pretty positive, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to figure out what's so bad about shining a light on what we do. And yet, I guess there's just always going to be a segment that just you know, they're not happy unless they're unhappy about something. But you did mention that there are some, maybe some myths about the awards or maybe some misunderstandings about the awards that sometimes are out there. And, you know, you'd be happy to address those if somebody called you. What's one of the most common myths that you're that you're hearing that you, you want to get the record set straight on?
1: Oh, Some of the myths, there, there, there are quite a few of them. I think probably one that stands out is that by entering the awards, uh, which you do have to pay for mm-hmm. that you are automatically nominating yourself right and that's just not true. So when uh, when there are 50 entries in a given category or more in some cases, obviously the five that rise to the status of nominee uh, do so as a result of the judge's scoring okay So to become a nominee, your work has to be judged against, all the other potential nominees. You can't buy the award. You can't buy a nomination or buy a win. Right. You can only submit and compete. And one thing that, uh, this is kind of a sidebar, but one thing that has come out of that, uh, that I do get positive feedback around is that folks have looked much more carefully at the work that they're doing. Mm -hmm. And uh, because now they're thinking about it as a matter of competing with other work. Yeah. And so they're looking more carefully at what really is my best work? What do I what am I most proud of? And that's changing the nature of how all of us look at the work we do in the world of voice acting. That's totally Including- valid.
0: Yeah. So I know that I, I mean I've heard, you know, people talk about buying a nomination, and thank you for clarifying that. But let's talk a little bit more about the entry fee, because I think that there's also a misunderstanding about what actually what it actually takes to put on this award show and make it happen? So help us oh understand why there is actually an entry fee behind it,
1: yeah, well, you know it's a it's a math equation. <laughs> yep. it's a biz, it's a business model. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even though we are a nonprofit, nonprofits are also businesses. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, it's uh, more strict for a nonprofit. Because everything has to balance out, has to zero out at the end of the year as opposed to, uh, bonuses being given to shareholders. So the, uh, so it's a business model and you have to take in a certain amount of revenue in order to run the business. It's not two people in their kitchen, you know, counting up the nominees and and picking winners. Mm -hmm. There's a massive award system that we use to calculate entries that the judges have to log into and uh in order to judge the entries, to do quality control on the entries, and then bring them to nominee status and vote again so that you can select the winners. That's just one element, this massive website that does that work. And and that takes people. Mm-hmm. I mean most folks see Joan and Rudy as the as this as the spearheads, but there are another 20 people behind the scenes yes. who are hired contractors who are doing all kinds of things from the design of advertising to maintaining the award portal in uh, our website and managing the events live at various venues in New York, Chicago, and LA. So there's, uh, like any business, you know, if you walk into a restaurant, you wouldn't assume you should eat for free. Mm-hmm. Uh, you kind of know people have to get paid. The lights have to stay on, yeah. uh, and the same thing is true for running an awards program. And we know, we don't just want to run an awards program. Uh, we also run a, a conference. And if you if you ever go to sovas.org and and tool around, you'll see that there are other kinds of programs, scholarships, uh, relief funds, and uh, and other programs that Sovas does that do require people, mm-hmm. labor. So it's a it's a full-time job for me and for Joan. I mean, it's more than full-time. And um, the fee that you pay for people to be hired to review your work and actually create a competition is a necessary aspect to running the business. There's also a fee that you pay if you win the award. Mm-hmm. Because the, each one of these statues cost a pretty penny. Yep. Those who have bought them know that. Uh, and there's really no margin on that for, for us because our feeling was that for the most part, our audience probably couldn't afford what would be a nominal markup, mm-hmm. would, be, would be a normal uh, markup on any product that you're selling. Uh, so we keep that relatively low and uh, purposely, but it's no different than the Emmy Awards. I'm an Emmy Award winner. I had to buy my Emmy. Yep. And nowadays, they're about six hundred dollars to buy one.
0: I think for anybody that's been, that's actually attended the award ceremony, too. I think you start to understand when you've been there. And maybe for people who have not gone, they don't fully appreciate it. I've had the good fortune of being at one of the ceremonies in Los Angeles, and and it was at the the Warner Brothers lot, and. I mean, that was an experience that I will remember for the rest of my life because, like, honestly, I'm from a small town in the middle of nowhere in southern Ontario, Canada, and having that whole experience of going and, I mean, you guys put on such an incredible night, and you really do not only shine a light, but, like, you make us feel special. And, you know, there's a cost that is involved in in making that happen, and, I mean, I appreciated it, and I think that anybody that's ever been understands it as well, and so... Uh, that's part of it you know maybe if you don't quite get it it's you just need to go and experience it and then you will get it
1: yes and you know one thing I would mention I would mention here is uh, we also work very hard to find sponsors like-minded sponsors sponsors who would care about our audience mm-hmm. and who recognize that there's value in in courting our audience and supporting our audience they uh, they supplement a great uh, you know good part of the cost, uh, but not enough, especially as a nonprofit uh, organization. Uh, but they do supplement some of the costs and that enables us to do things for the prices that we do do them. And it'd be astronomical without the help of those folks. So, but that, that is part of the business model too. We need revenue from the talent who are submitting and the companies that are submitting and, and we also get revenue from soliciting sponsors. That's how nonprofits operate.
0: You know, you need to market your voiceover business. You hear me say that all the time, but maybe you don't even really know what that means or exactly what that looks like. I want to help you with that. I want to help you to become a more confident and effective marketer. I've put together a brand new webinar that I'm going to be teaching live on November 15th at 7 p.m. Eastern time called the Ten marketing commandments. So just like some people use the 10 commandments as a basis for how to live a good and successful life, these 10 marketing commandments are going to help you to be a good and successful marketer for your voiceover business. The class is going to include tips for email marketing, social media marketing, and just general marketing tips that you need to understand. It's a great primer course, a great way to build a foundation to make you a better marketer. The session happening November 15th, live at 7 p.m. Eastern. And because this is an introductory webinar, I want to make it accessible to everyone at $47. Get the details and sign up at MarkScottCoaching.com. That's MarkScottCoaching.com. And look for 10 Marketing Commandments. Now, back to our show. Now, something that I saw, I think maybe it was last year, was the first time I saw it. And, And I'll admit, it caught me off guard a little bit. Talk about the decision to publicly promote your judges before the winners are decided? Because I know for some, the thought was, doesn't that open the door to possibly tampering, you know, because talent could try to influence judges who may be friends or colleagues. Well, what's the thought process behind that? Because on one hand, I think it's really cool to see who's judging and, and, and seeing that, you know, these are legitimate people in the industry and, and some big names that you recognize. And it's nice to know that those are the people that have that incredible responsibility at the same time, it's not something that you generally see in an award show.
1: Right. In fact, I'm one of the one of the judges for the the Emmys, uh, for the sports and news Emmys. And while it's fine for me to say that, they've actually asked me not to publicize it. Right. Except to put it in my resume, but they don't want me to, to shout it from the rooftops. I'm proud and honored, uh, and that's the choice they make. Mm-hmm. But. There's also something called juror juror fatigue. It's a lot of work to do the judging. Sure. Uh, You have some important decisions to make that are really impacting people's careers Mm -hmm. and lives and uh, impacting them emotionally in terms of how they feel about their work. So it's important to me that the judges get recognition.
0: Right. What they do is
1: voluntary. Yeah. They're they're giving us eight, ten hours sometimes of their time. do this process and then uh and then no one's recognizing them for it Mm -hmm. and with me on the emmys you know i i got fatigued i said okay i'm not going to do it this year guys thanks (laughs) thanks but no thanks because it's a lot of hours and uh and it's just me enjoying the work uh to the extent that i do and so i just felt as you mentioned one that it's important for people to know that the judges are are real people with uh with experience and And the talent to make these calls and it's important for the judges to know that they're being recognized for their efforts yeah and so i don't know if it's the right call but it feels right to me and i appreciate that the judges um appreciate being acknowledged i'd like to do more for them Uh, and, and we're thinking about ways that we can do more for the jurors so far there's been no instances of bias, or conflicts, we do have a system in place where, if a judge, for example, was also an entrant, uh, the system would flag that they have an entry, and okay. they wouldn't be allowed to judge in that category. It's not that they just can't judge their entry; they can't judge anything in that category. Right. And if uh, and if it gets discovered after the fact, their scores are pulled. So. One of the things we do with each entry is assure that there are at least six judges on that entry. And that way, if we have to pull a judge or for any reason, a score seems suspicious, we pull it because it's all math. So some, some behavior is easy to spot. Right. Uh, and, and it may be unwitting. But if a score appears to be uh, suspicious for some reason, then our accountants, they, they catch that. And they pull those scores
0: so much that goes on behind the scenes to make all of this happen and and make it stay above board. And and I appreciate that. But that also speaks to, you know, the inner workings of an award show that maybe people don't understand, which, again, goes to why, hey, you're, you are running a business, even though it's a not-for-profit business. Right. So I know in the past you've had some really big names that have been nominated for awards and have won awards. Uh. President Obama, Tina Fey, Muhammad Ali, Jamie Foxx, Mark Hamill, uh, James Earl Jones, among some of them. And, and I think on one hand, that adds this level of credibility to, to what you're trying to do, which is amazing. I know it gets so much more attention for the voiceover industry, which I think is an incredible thing. Uh, it's pretty spectacular for voice actors who get to be in the audience when some of these people are there or being nominated and knowing that you're being nominated amongst them. On the flip mm-hmm. side of that, for the everyday voice actor seeing all of these celebrity nominees, maybe some of them feel like these awards aren't for me after all. So talk about how you find that balance between, you know, the celebrity, uh, we'll say the celebrity level voice actor, and just
1: the regular working voice actor. I think it's uh, it's sort of finding. We're finding it as we go. The categories are what they are. Who choose to submit? is, um, you know, open to the public. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in voice acting, there really is, I mean, there is some separation between celebrity and let's say scale talent on the, in the sense that major animation films, for example, tend to choose celebrities because they help sell the films. Sure, They, they can't risk that. It's It's simple. Not only that, but celebrities are often uber talented, It's not just that they're celebrities. They're actually talented. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they bring something that you couldn't otherwise get. So I don't want to make the mistake of uh, assuming that folks are getting roles in films and projects just because they're celebrities. uh, Because they do have enormous talent. Certainly. At the same time, in voice acting, don't play small. There's no reason that you can't be doing... The biggest jobs that are available, the most rewarding jobs that are available, which aren't always uh, the sexy, most visible jobs, but sometimes it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a documentary mm-hmm. or it's a public service that's, that's really significant and that you can feel really proud to be involved in. But don't play small in terms of they're the celebrities and I'm just this small person who will only ever reach so far you know it's it's not just about raising the bar it's about soaring above the bar yeah and you can declare that for your future you can create that as a possibility for your future and then you can live into it so when you're in the in the context of the voice arts awards and you see celebrities on stage celebrating you celebrating with you and being celebrated this i believe is going to fuel your desire to reach for the stars.
0: Soaring above the bar. I like that. I wrote that line down. I'm going to save that one for later. That's a good one. So I know that you said, we we talked earlier, that part of the idea behind the awards was shining a light and, and bringing recognition to an industry that doesn't always get recognition. But the Voice Arts Awards is only one part of what Sovis does. So talk to us a little bit about the underlying mission of SOVIS, which is the organization behind the awards?
1: Well, we have a North Star of sorts, and that is the human voice and how we use our voices, not just uh, literally, but in terms of what we hope to communicate as humanitarians. And we want all of those who are involved with SoVAS and in voice acting to, to, to make note of the fact that as experts in the use of their voices and, and communicating ideas, not just their own, but over you know, a swath of different businesses and purposes, that they do have something unique to offer mm-hmm. and to consider what's the bigger opportunity for them and in, in terms of how they use their voices, what will be the legacy of their voices. That's also another one of the reasons we celebrate some honorees with for example, the Muhammad Ali Voice of Humanity honor, which is not for a voice actor necessarily, though it could be. Mm-hmm. It's for someone who has made a global impact through advocacy of some sort that uplifts humanity.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that is that is the North Star that guides us as a, as a nonprofit, as an organization, as people who care about people. And without that, many things I believe would kind of fall by the wayside, they would just become transactional, uh, you know, like a, like a for-profit company. If the shareholders aren't happy, eventually things fall apart or, mm-hmm. or big changes are made. Yep. Uh, but it's all transactional. It's all based on profit. As a nonprofit, we don't have to be concerned with that. We can think more about our mission. And rather than serving shareholders, we serve our constituents. Mm-hmm. We serve the people who comment and and who believe in what we're doing and who benefit from it.
0: I love the idea of just the the overarching theme of voice, apart from just speaking. I believe the first time that I had the opportunity to attend an award show, Erin Brockovich won an award, and I, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but it was for her environmental work and for the voice that she brought to those environmental causes, which. Just again, just fits with that theme, right? Not specifically yes. related to voice and voice acting, but just having a voice and and supporting a cause or or being a part of a mission or being something greater.
1: And I think that's a really really cool concept. Yeah, thank you. We we really believe in it. And like I said, it, it is it is our north star, and it keeps us afloat when everything else is uh you know sometimes becoming tedious and uh, having. A greater purpose really makes a difference.
0: So talk about the charitable side of Sovis, because I I know that there is a charitable element and there are causes that you support. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing on, on that side of things.
1: Primarily what we do is create scholarships and we work with our sponsors to contribute to scholarships and to do giveaways. For example, this year is the second year that we're giving away a vocal booth, a four by four vocal booth that's shipped and installed for free. And we could have asked that same sponsor and say, look, we're going to give you all sorts of advertising. Just give us the money. But what makes it work more on a community level is to have the sponsor be in a position of really supporting voice actors and understanding what are the tools that they need to succeed. And gear is a major one. Uh, and having a vocal booth in your home can change everything for you. Sure. So we work with our sponsors to provide product and services as as part of what we give away for anyone who's a ticket holder. And then beyond that, with uh, with the dollars that we receive, we're able to do straight on financial scholarships. Nice. And that's an area that we want to do more where we want to do more, but it takes soliciting sponsors. And sure. that's probably the hardest work for anyone to do. Right. And most people have an aversion to asking for money. Yeah. Period. Yep. Uh, but, and it's difficult to find folks who are talented at doing that and who get the rationale behind who enjoy it mm-hmm. and understand uh, how to sort of, recognize their success in that process yeah
0: all right so I know the awards have grown quite a bit from their humble beginnings back in 2014 talk to us a little bit about the long-term goals of Sovis and and the awards show and and where do you see it going you know where do do you have a vision for where it's going to be five years from now or 10 years from now or where you would like to try to take it
1: well where I would like to see it next is on television and we have a very unique product in, in the sense that much of it is behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to television, for example, audiobooks, you know, that's not a television medium. So no one's going to sit back in their seats at home and listen to clips of audiobooks. Uh, there's a lot of work that voice actors do that's not doesn't have much entertainment value. Mm-hmm. So when you start talking about television, it really begins to change the shape of what an award show would look like. Right. Um, but I, th- I do believe that there's a way to do that. And just like the Emmys and the Oscars, there are you can create tiers where you can be sure that you celebrate all the different categories properly. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but for television, and for the obvious reasons that television is a visual medium, you have to shape the show uh, accordingly. But that would be very exciting. Live streaming yeah. helps... Uh, in a sense that puts it on television, Yep, Uh, it puts it on a screen and that's all television really is, is a screen. Yep. Yep. So, uh, so that's, that is happening. We have been doing live streams and, uh, you know, usually I think last year there were nearly 4,000 people who tuned into the live stream around from around the world. That was a huge number for us because we've never had anything except, you know, the five or 600 people who come to Warner brothers. Yeah. No, that's incredible. And with that, I would and to continue answering your question, reaching out more globally is is also part of that goal. Now, we can't have a show that has 600 categories. Right. So we're not going to be able to do what we do for English in the U.S., in the U.K., for every other language. Right. Or say, it's, or say the top most popular languages in voice acting. Sure. The top 12, say. We just couldn't do that. To do something like that, we would have to – franchise it to different countries yep and just help them run it for their own sake but what we've what we've heard from all the countries that we've worked with is that they really appreciate winning an award that's international and that stems from america okay that makes sense so there's a there's a huge appreciation for that and for that reason we're still toying with the best way to manage that i don't really like the idea of franchising <laughs> yeah uh there's there's something uh very transactional about that that sure you know it's not wrong but uh it for me it takes something away uh at the same time how do you cover all those other categories right where people are you know pouring their lives into it i mean their entire life career is involved in that and how do you recognize them sure so there, at some point maybe some form of uh, smaller programs that we can do to make sure everybody gets, gets heard.
0: There's definitely some opportunities for expansion there. And I love the idea of it one day, maybe being on television. And I think now in the cable universe that we live in and so many different channels that are so many are so unique and and all bringing something different to the table, it probably opens the possibility for that more so than, you know, 15 years ago when there wasn't such a universe of channels to choose from. So that's really cool to see that you've got a. You got a vision for where you want to take it, but I know that in addition to the awards, you've also got that's voiceover. So talk a little bit about the conference and what what kind of things
1: have you got planned for this year? I'm so glad you asked because most people are so focused on the shiny object, yeah, <laughs> which is the trophy. Uh, but the uh, but getting there takes training, takes networking, takes building one's marketing skills, and all of that being filtered through a successful voice acting career, what it takes to create a successful voice acting career. And and that means sustaining it. So That's VoiceOver is where we really can curate topics that make a difference in people's lives. And everything we do at That's VoiceOver is filtered through the idea that the attendees should be better informed and better prepared to get work. Everything we do is about getting work for the attendees. Uh, wherever they may be in the spectrum of their of their career development, the next step for them is always getting closer to working or getting closer to more work or a better job or better quality work. And that's our goal. So we curate each panel. Now, some folks submit ideas to us to do as panels or presentations. We don't really solicit that because we know enough about the business and we know enough people uh, that we can talk to and and really figure out what would be in best service of the attendees. Mm -hmm. So sometimes those ideas, they hit the mark, they ring the bell and we fly with them. Uh, In other cases, we just really try to think hard about what's going to really inform and prepare uh, the attendees, no matter what level they're at. And in terms of looking forward for that voiceover, one of the things that we hope to do is incorporate more presentations and opportunities for those people who are working regularly, but looking to sustain their careers, uh, you know, to that longevity piece and, or maybe looking to expand into other avenues. And that includes Folks who may want to become talent agents or casting directors or talent managers. The people who understand those skills are at That's VoiceOver as well. But for now, it's mostly the talent who are listening to what they have to say just so so that they can better understand how to interact with those people uh, for the purposes of their careers. We want to expand it so that the casting directors and the talent agents also have opportunities to find great people mm-hmm. to, to work at their companies. Right.
0: So you, you really are there on the whole journey, right? I mean, Sovis is there on the whole journey from the initial starting phase of, you know, scholarship opportunities. And you mentioned providing equipment and tools and resources, booths and, and things of that nature. Then you give them the training that they need through a conference like that's voiceover. And then you give them the awards show where they get to hopefully shine a light on some of the work that they've produced as a result of the training and possibly even the scholarship that they got back in the beginning. And so it it really is right. that you're there with them on that whole journey, which I think is really cool. Now, one of the things about That's VoiceOver that I was curious about, because I had the good fortune of being a part of this the, the year that I attended That's VoiceOver, speed dating with your demo. Is that happening again? And if so, tell us a little bit about that.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Speed dating with your demo reel will probably... Never go away. But then, you know, vinyl went away. Um, cassettes <laughs> went away. We'll see. Vinyl came but back, though. <laughs> <laughs> it did. It is, it's making a comeback.
0: Stuff. I don't think cassettes are going to come back, but vinyls yeah. definitely came back.
1: <laughs> but uh, speed dating with your demo reel has been a huge hit for us. Uh, initially, when we did it, it was because we, we got so many requests from talent, wanting someone to give them feedback on their demo reels. And, of course, the demo reels were finished at that point, And most people were really just looking for good news. And would you tell me what you think of my demo really meant? I know my demo is good. Do you have a job for me? Yeah, yep. And sometimes the demos were not so good. And so we started it by giving those folks a chance to get uh, a variety of opinions from different experts so they could just walk away with, okay, there's, there's nowhere else for me to turn now. I really have everything I need to make a self-assessment of what my next steps should be. And that was very successful. And we loved that. But some of the agents came back and said, you know, I'd really like to find some talent.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And uh, I'd rather not be doing speed dating just to give people one-on-one kinds of information. And so at that point, we started to vet all the talent. So to, to be a part of speed dating with your demo reel, you have to submit a demo reel and, and we have three people who judge those and, and give us uh, the final count who can attend speed dating. Now, what speed dating is, much like on the romantic side of the business, <laughs> of the world, yeah. speed dating is an opportunity for each talent to sit in front of a casting director, talent agent, or producer, or ad- advertising executive... For five minutes, they hear your demo reel, which is probably a minute and a half or less, and then talk to you about your career and what they think is being revealed by your demo reel. And to my surprise, every year, people are signed with agents. Mm-hmm. People get jobs offered to them directly by the producers. Uh, so it really has become a, I don't want to call it a hunting ground, <laughs> but it's become its become a, a tent where the right people get to come together and talk about the stuff that matters to move work forward, to move careers forward. And uh, and it's very valuable for both sides. I I call all the people on the talent side, the talent and the cast and directors, agents and producers. So we re- usually refer to them as the producing side, right. Just simplifies things. Yep, for sure. The producers get as much out of it as the talent do because they do find talent. And they do find fresh new voices that they're looking for. And um, and that's what makes it work. And they get to do it, you know, over 90 minutes. You know, when I got into this business, that meant going to lunch with somebody. Yep. You know, you, know, you had to go spend an hour and a half of your time just to, and and know within 10 minutes that you're not going to work with this person. Yeah. <laughs> but now you got to finish the calamari. So the, uh, the the opportunity to just be able to go in and say okay I'm gonna get to see 35 people in five minute segments and it's a raucous fun exhilarating experience and after it I get to go have a drink and eat yeah so everyone loves it
0: yeah, I, I was fortunate enough to be a part of speed dating with your demo once. and it was, I mean, that for me, that alone made it worth the trip to to l a to participate in that and some of the people that I met and relationships that started as a result of that with some with some people in the industry that remain to this day. Uh, wow. it w- it was an incredible experience, a, an incredible opportunity. so, for anybody that is interested in everything we've talked about, because the, the other nice thing about this is you just bundle it all together in one perfect little weekend with the Voice Arts Awards, that's voiceover speed dating, all of these things happening together. Uh, let us know, talk us about dates, uh, locations, and website where we can go and, and sign up, get registered, and, and be a part of it.
1: Okay, let's start with the last part first sovas.org. Okay. That's Sam, Oscar, Victor, Apple, Sam. Dot org. So all the information you need there, you might have to tool around just a little bit, but under the events tab is where you're going to find the Voice Arts Awards and that's voiceover and, the, and all the information that you'd need to, to suss it out. That's also where you can enter the Voice Arts Awards uh, and find our resources. You know, there's lots of articles on breaking into the business on, and different aspects of the business. So there's a wealth of information there at sovas.org. Also look for us on on social media because there's a whole different kind of conversation that happens there. So the Society of Voice Arts and Sciences is is on Facebook, it's on LinkedIn, it's on Instagram. As our our board of directors, Joan, myself, and the whole board, you can find those people, meet those folks. And that's voiceover is also on social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. LinkedIn and so on. So mix it up with us on social media and come to the website for that experience. This year, that's voiceover takes place in Los Angeles at the Burbank Marriott Convention Center on December 15th through the 17th. And the Voice Arts Awards takes place that following Sunday on the 18th at Warner Brothers Studios again. Right on. So
0: I will make sure that we get links to the website and to the social medias put into the show notes so that everybody can find that, check that out. And uh, we'll put that information again. It's uh, December 15th to the 17th and then the 18th for the awards. Uh, Sovis.org is the website. Rudy, I just want to say thank you. I'm really grateful to you for everything that you are doing and Joan as well for the hard work that you put into this in, in recognizing that voice actors should be recognized and thank you for, for, putting in the effort to shine
1: that light. Absolutely. And thank you for taking the time to uh, give us a platform to share what we do.
0: I've had the good fortune of attending That's VoiceOver. I have been a two-time nominee for the Voice Arts Awards as well. And I really am a big fan of Joan and Rudy and everything that they are doing to shine a light on the VoiceOver community. So I hope if you're not familiar, at the very least... Go to the website, sovis.org. Check it out. Learn a little bit more about the organization and all the amazing things that they are doing. And if it's not too late, maybe you could submit something as well. Have you got a demo or a project that you're really, really proud of? Maybe getting it submitted for the Voice Arts Awards could be a way to shine a little bit of light on the great things that you're doing as well. Hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you've been listening, would you do me a favor and tag me in your Instagram stories and tag Sovis as well. I am at Mark Scott. And Sovis is at Society Voice Arts. That's at Society Voice Arts. And of course, I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I hope you're learning a lot from these interviews. Thanks so much for listening. And I'll catch you on the next one. The Everyday VOPreneur Podcast. Available everywhere fine podcasts are given away for free. Mostly, we think.
1: You need a mobile-friendly demo player on your website that works across any device and platform. Voice Sam has you covered. The player is easy to install, can be skinned to match your site design, and makes your demos instantly downloadable. It even offers options for video and analytics. Sign up for VoiceZam now at voicezam.com slash markscott, and you'll receive a free $25 credit to your account. View the full offer details and sign up at voicezam.com slash markscott. And see.
0: And that's a wrap. Thanks for hanging in. Thanks for hanging out. Want more VOPreneur goodness? Jump online at vopreneur.com.